Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. Welcome to Florida Matters More, the podcast for Florida Matters, WUSF Public Media's show about the issues and events that Floridians care about. I'm Robin Sessingham, host of Florida Matters. You can hear Florida Matters Tuesday evenings at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7 or streaming on WUSFnews.org. You can also hear it Mondays at 10 p.m. on Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. This week on Florida Matters, we're talking with the Explorer team from the Florida Wildlife Quarter Expedition, and we're going to keep the conversation going with Mallory Likes-Demmett, Vice President of Strategic Development at Likes Brothers, Inc., and the former Executive Director of the Florida Wildlife Corridor. Carlton Ward, Jr., a conservation photographer who co-founded the Florida Wildlife Quarter campaign in 2010. Wildlife biologist Joe Guthrie from Charlottesville, Virginia, whose work tracking bears in Florida was the inspiration for the first expedition in 2012 and WUSF Assistant News Director Steve Newborn. Thank you all for being here. Glad to be here, Robin. Thank Thank you. you. The Florida Wildlife Quarter Expedition team has trekked from one end of our state to the other and documented their journeys in film, books, and photography exhibitions with the goal of demonstrating the urgent need for an unbroken spine of wilderness running the length of Florida. They've got a new trip coming up this month. So, Joe Guthrie, were you able to do any actual research on these trips, or are you just mainly trying to get from point A to point B? In past years, we have just been occupied getting with from getting from point A to point B, keeping a species list of birds we hear and, and critters we come across the whole way. But in terms of any kind of organized research, no. Okay. All right. Are there going to be more of these mini treks coming up, Carlton? We hope so. And there's there's certainly a need to keep this issue in people's minds. Now, let me step back and clarify what I mean by a mini track, because your other two expeditions have been a thousand miles each and have lasted weeks and weeks. Um, this one is going to be one week, and you're going to be right in the I-4 corridor area going from around Sebring or Lake Wales up to the Green Swamp area in Polk County, I guess. So it's a shorter trip, but it's a very crucial area, and that's what we mean when we're talking about these mini tracks. I'll just add one thing to that, um, which is the goal to do more frequent mini treks, but kind of tying in your last question, also I think there's a a large opportunity for more citizen science involvement. So if we can sort of highlight what we're seeing along the way in these short treks, it can serve as an opportunity all year for people to further study these small places that we're bringing some attention to and then look at, you know, what are they observing and how does that sort of add up to a collective record that can be of use for science. So we hope to inspire more citizen science. So, Steve, you and I have gone on a couple of these trips with them, canoeing or whatever. And so I'm wondering, are there going to be opportunities for the public to join you this time? It's so hard to go from a trek of 100 days, then to a trek of 70 days, and now to a trek of seven days, and trying to be able to accomplish all the things we want to in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So this will be very limited in those sort of participation opportunities, except for virtually. 
But we do have a couple of, um, you know, invited opportunities where we've asked people to join us at the beginning and the end and one scientist participation opportunity along the way at Lake Louisa State Park. And we hope that Steve will be there and able to sort of record some of that and bring it back to listeners. Yeah. So, Steve, you're going to be reporting on this expedition, right? Right. She's talking about the the campfire conversation at the kind of the end of the trek. Um, really looking forward to that. Um, I'm curious who you in, who you have invited as far as uh, who's involved in the court or any kind of wildlife officials or politicians, perhaps? It will be really hearing about progress reports, I think, from uh, scientists and land managers. I do think there's a chance that some political elected officials or others might join us for that, or certainly the next day. It's kind of the best opportunity to be able to find us on the track. So we, we have extended that offer to a couple of folks. So Mallory, I have got to ask you, I'm very interested in your new job. Um, you've spent your life as a conservationist, and now you are a director of development for Likes Brothers, Inc., your family business, which I believe is probably one of the t- top landowners, private landowners in the state of Florida. So how do you reconcile those two sides of you? Yep. And my development role is is really about strategy development. And so um, it's helping our company look at, you know, we have a hundred plus year history and sort of what are we, how are we going to continue to be viable for the next 50 to 100 years? And what is changing in the agricultural industry that we need to be aware of and and adapt to? So that's a big part of it. the same pressures that exist for conservation exist for agriculture in this state. And so really that has a lot to do with development pressure and a lot of people moving here um, and, and changing agricultural demand. Citrus greening Citrus has got greening to be disease. making a huge impact on, on your company. And regular weather and disease um, you know, are, are, have changed the shape of agriculture throughout time. So mm-hmm. um, what's so interesting to me is really that nexus. There's a strong overlap with agriculture and conservation, and they need to work together in order to remain viable in this state. And that's definitely my niche, and that's that's my goal um, is to really and, – and it overlaps well with the Florida Wildlife Corridor is how we can help sustain rural communities um, and their ways of life that also are valuable and important for wildlife. Are you going to be on any Likes <coughs> Brothers land during this not during this trek. We did, um, in our first trek in 2012, spend a good time crossing parts of the Likes Ranch. We'll be a little bit north of there on this trek, but um, but it, definitely a big part of my role is to help advocate for ongoing conservation projects that will add to the Florida Wildlife Corridor, um, and then also to help make sure that the funding is available for them. You know, as Carlton will tell you more of, uh, private landowners are some of the key people in keeping this land in a wild state. There's no way the state can own all this or even want to own all this. And in particular, cattle ranchers and uh, grove owners, people of that nature, are really some of the driving forces in keeping this land in its current state. Right. These conservation easements, I guess, have gotten really common in the last 15 years or so. It's a well-recognized tool to achieve the public objectives of saving the land and doing it in an efficient way. But they're not common enough, and we need an order of magnitude more funding to to, to do it at scale. But Steve makes a good point. I mean, Joe's Bear M34 that he talked about would not have been able to make that 500-mile walkabout in two months had it not been for agricultural lands. It's the fabric of these ranches and groves and forestry operations that hold the corridor together. And agriculture is just as much under threat as, as nature and wildlife. And preserving a future for agriculture, in particular these land uses that are compatible with wildlife and with water, is really one of the main goals of our project. 
Do people ever ask you about affordability? We were in a recession for a while. Housing prices are starting to come back up. Housing affordability is also a big problem for people in Florida. And, you know, that runs right against uh, up against conservation because the less land you have to develop, the more expensive housing becomes. Do you get this argument from people? We sometimes do get this argument. I think people in general in Florida have had this attitude that we have plenty of land in the state. It's large by land area. And so our development pattern has been particularly sprawling. And what we're trying to do is sort of refocus the conversation on on growing up and not out. You know, basically, we need to have a smarter growth where we can accommodate uh, affordable housing and transportation um, improvements in our existing communities, make them better places to live for a all age and, and diversity, you know, income diversity, um, so that we're not forced to just have this model of developing new Greenland developments kind of in rural areas, which actually end up costing us more in terms of quality of life and, and infrastructure costs. So we spend most of our time advocating for this wildlife corridor, but the flip side of that of what people can do is really help demand for better communities where we do smart growth. Okay, Joe, we're going to have to let you go in a minute, but I just want to know what you're looking forward to in this expedition and what you are not looking forward to. Uh, On a very human level, I'm looking forward to being back with my uh, expedition mates and kind of back, back in the mode of you know, using our bodies to measure the landscape and see if these places can still remain connected. I am, uh, again, on a human level, I'm not looking forward to the beating our, our bodies will take as we uh, carry out that measurement. Um, but do you um, lose weight? It's all part of the same. Uh, if we do it right, we, we lose weight. Um, <laughs> in 2012, I think we actually gained weight because we hadn't, really? we hadn't, we hadn't, we hadn't, uh, we didn't have the benefit of Mallory's excellent planning in some aspects of that expedition. And so we were eating poorly and eating too much and um, excusing ourselves for these, these large um, calorie meals that, that, that weren't very that's, good. If I look that's back. a matter of perspective. We, I mean, we enjoyed staying with 23 different cattle ranchers during the first half of the expedition. So we had well-cooked meals correct. by our hosts and um, did, totally. a whole, did a whole lot of paddling, which can put on some muscle weight as well. That is true. Anyway, I, but yeah, yeah, not looking forward to um, the I think the highway noise is going to end up being one of the things that uh, will we will remember from this expedition. It's a heavy impact on the landscape that you don't often think about until you are in its presence constantly, and so we, that is that's going to be the case for us in a, uh, to some extent. Even in the dense forest, we will have the the roar of the highway off in the distance. That's to, a great uh, point. Company us. Yeah, you know, that's something you never really get away from. I remember doing interviews with these guys from the Everglades during the, the first part of the first expedition. And middle of nowhere, middle of the swamp, and you kept hearing these airplanes going over, landing at Miami International Airport. So, you know, the, the imprint of man is never really far away when you think about Civilization it. Civilization intrudes. Yeah, Steve, go ahead. Yeah, just I'd like to follow up on what Mallory was saying about uh, sprawl and infill, trying to inc- encourage infill in, in cities and not create such sprawling communities that just gobble up, you know, what's really becoming precious land here. Part of the route that they're going to go, that they're going to go through is, uh, goes right by the Four Corners area, um, in that area of Polk, Orange, Osceola, and Sumter counties. This is one of the fastest growing areas in the entire state. And if you look at it on a satellite map, you could just see these big blobs of gray 
that kind of handcuff, if you will, the green route that they're going to go through up through the Reedy Creek corridor. And, you know, this is a really good illustration of what we're facing in the state more than anything else, the need to do something now before it's really too late. I think that's a good point. And it sounds like you need to get the counties on board, county governments on board with you, because this is going to have a big impact on them if some of their land is put set aside from development. Is that something that you're working on? Yes, we haven't been working directly on that, but I think that is a logical you know, next step of the Florida Wildlife Corridor effort is to really have our uh, <coughs> citizens who are interested get more involved in county-level planning because that is where a lot of these decisions are made. It really is you know, what is going to be permitted and um, allowed and what shape that's going to take and how it's going to look like. So there are a lot of great planning examples in this part of the world, and then there is a lot of the traditional growth pattern that is kind of just unabated. And trying to point out some of those differences is something that I think we can do. For example, you know, another stretch of, of a road project opened, and you might be thinking about how, you know, new road projects is not something the Florida Wildlife Corridor would be celebrating, especially if they went into conservation lands. But there was so much planning and effort that went into the Wakaiba Parkway that really looked at, you know, elevating stretches of the road and what could be done to limit exits that would sort of facilitate sprawl and how to really accommodate that. Really? That I think that there, there are, we're learning a lot with each new road project, and that's got to really continue to evolve. And that takes the pressure of just citizens um, getting showing up at their local meetings and being a part of that. We had a somewhat sobering moment in the planning of this expedition because we, we were going off the Florida Wildlife Corridor data, which is based on the Florida Ecological Greenways Network, where it appears that you still have connectivity in multiple places across Interstate 4. And then we got some maps that showed the county's 30-year planning vision for some of these same areas, and what was green on our corridor map was completely red with housing for some of these, for some of these parts. So there are places where the development plan locally is definitely out of sync with the idea of a large connected corridor, and it it, even, it emphasizes further the importance of protecting the areas that we can protect because we can't, we definitely can't take them for granted. Well, that's really interesting because the county is just looking at itself. Looking, it's not looking at how to. Polk may not be looking at how to work with Hardy County um, to protect these corridors, and or we, maybe they are. I just I don't know that much about county planning. We lost. Um, we, you know, from a planning perspective, we lost a resource in the Department of Community Affairs and the state comprehensive plan that would help try to align these pieces of the puzzle in a way that worked across county lines. And we're hoping that our initiative in raising visibility of the corridor can serve in that function. What do you mean you, you lost that? Well, the, the Department of Community Affairs um, was greatly reduced and kind of reformed into the Department of Economic Opportunity under the current administration in Tallahassee. And so, you know. Oh, a lot of those planning then initiatives went away. Went away. Right. That's a great point. So, th- And now, th- as you said, at the county level where that planning still takes place, um, you know, each county makes its own decisions and there is a need to sort of look at what trends are happening as a whole. That's it for today. We're going to have to wrap up. I am totally out of time, unfortunately. That's Carlton Ward Jr. as a conservation photographer. Thank you so much for being here, Carlton. Thank you. Mallory Likes Dimmit, thank you very much. Thank you. And Steve Newborn, thank you once again. Thank you, It's good to have you here. 
It wouldn't be right to be on an expedition without Steve. He's been there for all of them. <laughs> he loves it. He loves camping. Um, you know, I'll leave you to it. Um, I'm ready, <laughs> man. I got my paddle ready. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Listen to Florida Matters Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7. You can always find it online at WUSFnews.org. I'm Robin Sussingham. Come back next week for another episode of Florida Matters More. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher.